Check my inbox and what do I see? Just another day, another T-R-A-D-E I'm an addict And I need it in my veins, I'm an addict Otherwise I feel plain now Every day I wake up, people got a problem Making all these trades up, got me singing got em, But I've been paid up, I even started from the bottom See I don't wait up, I ain't even playing possum So what it cost them, just a couple of firsts Can't believe that it worked, not to say I'm a jerk But I'm an addict, it's what I said in the first You can curse all you want, you can pray in your church But I'ma keep tapping return, I win up I learn I ain't trying to burn any bridges I yearn For the feeling I earn, I'ma win it's a turn You had a cheek before I drop you like the beat I'm an addict, and I'm not really ashamed I'm an addict, I'm reclining with the brain I'm an addict, and the pot is what I'm playing I'm an addict, Russ and Rocky Another names, Trade Addicts Pod Let's go I am Dynasty Outhouse, and I have a trading problem. I'm Zach Reed, and I have a trading problem. What up? It's your boy Herms, and I have a trading problem. And I also apparently have a co-host problem where my co-host goes and gets a guest and then texts me this morning. And let me tell you why Rocky was brilliant on this one. Because he went with, I don't know if you remember, but I told you I wouldn't be able to make this show. Knowing full well that he could have told me earlier that morning and I would have forgotten. So I'm just like, yeah, no, that's fine, man. That's cool. No problem. No problems. No problems. And then I look at the calendar. I'm like, oh, he's like, and I didn't get anybody. And I'm like, Herms is on the calendar. He's like, hey, I got you, Herms. And I'm like, you're the best. Hey. <laughs> and then, of course, 10 minutes later, hey, Zach. Yeah, I, I did the David Montgomery vulture, the touchdown. It was great. <laughs> it's all coming together. It's all coming together. Speaking of, hey, everybody, and welcome to session 291 of the Trade Addicts Podcast, a proud member of the Dynasty Addicts Podcast Network, the DAP Network, if you will. And we just did. And by the way, it makes no difference whatsoever, but I absolutely said 289 last episode, not realizing I didn't update and numbered it 290. And that was even confusing for myself when I was putting it all together in the end. But here we are, 291. Here we are for me to apologize. And I, I apologized earlier today on the Fantasy Cares live stream. Every week I title the episode we're about to talk about. And last week I, I titled it, we're okay, I think, or like, I think we're okay. And I talked last week on the show about how like there wasn't really any injuries that were that big of a deal. I'm sorry. All right. I I'm sorry. <laughs> this guy's fault. You can absolutely just go ahead. Like, and when you lose, you're kicked out of the playoffs or whatever happens, just be like, damn it, Russ. <laughs> My bad. But before before we get into that, I guess, um, Herms, why don't you remind everyone who you are, what you do, and where they could find what you do? Yeah, uh, so I am Herms. I am on Twitter at HermsNFL. You can find the work that I do over at www.draftsharks.com, your unfair advantage since 1999. I do a lot of written stuff, uh, mostly about Dynasty. But I also do some redrafty stuff, but we're not here to talk about that. We're here to talk about Dynasty. So, again, DraftSharks.com, you can find my articles about Dynasty stuff. I love how, like, you threw the punchline in there. Like, there was no breath. It was just, like, 
bam and it's just like all right is that that's a really long title for a for a site like okay okay oh no he's just that good everybody just that's a professional that's a professional russ come on uh so if you are a, a usual listener to our show um our patrons have the ability to hang out with us while we record you know watch us live be in the chat and pretty much every single show for as, for the past year or so we've had Frank in here uh, pretty much telling me the news that I never remember to write down or you know absolutely just telling me things that I don't remember about or giving me good ideas to talk about unfortunately Frank had to miss the show tonight but being the beautiful human being that he is messaged me earlier today with the news that wow. happened this week. can we can we like standing o for Frank just real quick so, Oh, my man. Frank, my, my love for you knows no bounds. I appreciate the hell out of you, even though you gave me a whole lot of depressing news. <laughs> <laughs> that part wasn't your fault. <laughs> All right, so I'm gonna read through it and then we're gonna we're gonna talk about some of it because some of it isn't necessarily worth talking about. Um Joe Burr, okay, so I'm gonna read it as he wrote it, by the way. Joe Burrow, ugh, what are we doing now with Bengals? Namely Higgins, who's a free agent this offseason, and Mixon, who's old now. Mixon's been old for a little bit, but okay. Let's just keep going. Mark Andrews out for the fantasy season. Zach Wilson benched. Boyle starts. Simeon back up for Friday. I didn't read this beforehand. Who's Boyle? Tim Boyle. Yeah. Sure. That's that's code for we're missing Mike White. Yeah, yeah. right. Um, Matt Canada fired, no OC named yet that I have seen. Dude, get Matt Patricia over there as OC, and it was better than what was going on with Canada. <laughs> Maybe not. All right, that's a little strong. Um, Ritter is starting again, vomit emoji. Aaron Jones, week to week with MCL sprain, probably no dynasty impact. He's old and missing a lot of time. There might be impact, but Ken Walker, oblique injury, IR not on the table. So I assume that means it's not a four-week injury. So, so Pete Carroll. Or unless, is that what Pete Carroll said? Because yeah. then we can't believe it. Yeah. Yeah, fair enough. And the last one, Cooper Cup hurt, might not miss any games. Though he went, what, like one for 11 and then went out and that kind of hurt a little bit. Yeah. It, though it helped the fact in TA10, I believe Herms is the one you're in, yep. where he traded me Cooper Cup. This happens. And now if the season were to end, Herms would get the sixth seed over me because he still has me beat by 40-something points. <sighs> but we're not here to, I'm not here to complain about that yet. Yet. So let's talk. We have to talk about Joe Burrow first. Um, so Joe Burrow is getting i don't believe i've seen that he's gotten it yet season entering season ending wrist surgery which what i read should keep him out like four months which i kind of liked hearing because it's not one of those he should be ready for the off season it's like no four months from now he you know it is well before anything so like hopefully he'll be without question ready to like maybe step in for at least one preseason game just to like get some gameplay under his belt. Um, But let's just start with Joe Burrow because that's clearly the important part right now. How, how does this affect your quote unquote ranking? Cause well, Herms, you might actually do, but I know Zach and I don't really do rankings. Like 
I'm, I pulled up November's ADP, and Joe Burrow is QB4. I want to read this list, and then I wanted you guys to tell me if this has changed for you at all. And again, we're talking dynasty, but we have to take seven, eight games for the rest of the season into account. So Hertz, Mahomes, and Allen are still top three. But then it goes Burrow, Lamar Jackson, Justin Herbert, Anthony Richardson, Trevor Lawrence, Tua, and CJ Stroud. Are any of those names? If this is the price is right, I hear CJ Stroud's name and I'm in the crowd and I'm going higher, higher. (laughs) Like I want, I didn't do it now and I'm far too lazy to, I didn't do it before and I'm too lazy to go do it now. But like, I'd love to pull up the trade finder because I feel like I've seen a lot of people talking about what the difference would be between Stroud and Burrow. Like, should you be giving Stroud plus four Burrow at this point with Burrow missing games? How much should that plus be? Um, But dynasty, like let's pretend you needed to do dynasty ranks right now. Someone broke into your house, held a gun to your head and was like, give me your dynasty QB rankings or I shoot. Are you moving Joe Burrow at all? I mean, I would move him behind Lamar and Justin Herbert just because I think there was, like, A, already kind of a conversation in case around that, and then the fact that they will play and Joe Burrow will not. But we're also talking pretty much just like a little kind of tier yeah. there, so it's it's a fairly nebulous difference. But I wouldn't really overreact too much about it because, like, one of the things that reminded me um, just about what we kind of do when things like this happen was, like, when Kyler Murray came back, it was like, oh, my gosh, everything is crazy now. He's all of a sudden super valuable. And it's just like, but when he got hurt, there was there's always this doom and gloom. Oh, damn it. Oh, he's screwed. It's terrible. Life is over. Get what you can get for him. But if you just, like, if you insulate yourself enough with another quarterback, like, just be patient. That's why we have IR spots. Like, honestly, like, I just, I don't want people to view this injury as a reason to just, like, believe the sky is falling. You know, he's still going to be Joe Burrow when he comes back. It's not like he, like, if he had the same kind of injury that, like, Deshaun Watson had, like, that really serious shoulder thing, maybe it's a different conversation. But it's just a risk thing. And like you were saying before, what, four months? Eh. It's fine. I, I I love the Kyler Murray terms. I, I love that. Like the comparison to the situation and, and Kyler Murray, unless I've got the wrong ADP was QB 11 right now. Like he's going to be high. Like he's another one of those in the tier below uh, Mahomes and, and Hertz and Allen, but like mm-hmm. that, that Herbert Lamar Jackson, Kyler's got to be in there. CJ Stroud's playing himself in there. Burrow's in there. Like that group, like Kyler Murray right now is value. Like he should be there. But for the last eight months, he hasn't been there because it's a, what what have you done for me lately? And it's such a funny thing to me, the little uh, mental piece of of fantasy football where like we think we're going to win every year. And even if you have the best team in your league, and you get into the playoffs and you have that first round by, you're about 50%, maybe even a little less to win. And this is this is an Adam Harstead. Like, I'll, I'll fully uh, cop to, to stealing brilliant Adam Harstead's work. But like, another builder of Giants, man. A- absolutely. You can see a lot farther that way. I'm, I'm only 6'1", so I'm, I'm not seeing very far. But 
the that idea of I'm going to win this year, so I'm going to trade Joe Burrow and trade down for another quarterback and 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 like part out Joe Burrow for you know somebody who may not be as valuable going forward because I think I'm going to win this year. Not only you probably aren't going to win this year, but you're also handicapping yourself value wise going forward. I saw I saw Adam Harstead tweet this about a similar trade where people were talking about uh, Andrews and and trading down from Andrews, and he said, "No, I always want to win the value piece. I'm going to hang on to Andrews and and kick the can down the road." Well, we'll talk about that a little later, Zachary. Yeah. Sorry, it just it tracked it tracked. Yeah, um, I agree with both of you. Like, yeah, I can absolutely see. Sorry, I already said how annoying my chair was going to be because apparently three days is about as much as a WD-40 can last on a chair I sit on um, and I can't sit still. Um, I could see Lamar and Justin Herbert being pushed up, but again, that's in the same tier he was anyway. And shifting around inside that tier doesn't really matter much. Um, And I, I did actually pull up the trade finder because I was really interested and there weren't really any simplistic trades I did see one. Someone traded Joe Burrow and Puka for Jalen Hurts. And I love that. Yeah. Um, it's, you know, a shame to lose Puka, who finally, finally had another nice game, um, unfortunately, with Cup going out and all that. But still, it, it was just nice to see that it happened. But uh, Burrow and DJ Moore for Dak Prescott and Travis Etienne. Um, Burrow for Christian Kirk and George Kittle. Wow. No. (laughs) Bryce Young and C.D. Lamb for D.K. Metcalf and Joe Burrow. I don't think that's it either. No. Well, it's nice to get C.D. Lamb because he's scoring really well, but Bryce Young is not. I mean, I I, I still do have faith that Bryce Young will be good, but that's not what you do with Joe Burrow now because you just need to wait for Bryce Young to get good. Okay. Not the point, though. Um, So, and I know we are saying this doesn't really affect – the uh, you know his rankings does it change anything for the Bengals weapons like Higgins Chase and Mixon like I think this might just kill Mixon because he's gonna get the volume still but like you don't need to worry nearly as much about the passing game when it's Jake Browning is that his first name Browning whatever yeah I think I think that's his name uh, uh, throwing the ball as opposed to Joe Burrow so like. I, I still don't think, like, I'm not discounting Chase. I don't think you need to discount Higgins because, A, he's barely playing. And we only really got to see one game of healthy Higgins and healthy Burrow playing together this this season anyway. So Higgins' value is already pretty depressed, which means I might have, like, another six shares before the season ends. Um, <laughs> and, and chances are he's going to be on a new team next season. I'm just at, – at, at this point, I wanted to either – be the Panthers so I can have that Ridley, Jaguars, Higgins, Panthers jerseys hanging right here, or just put them both on the Jaguars. I would frame them in the same frame if they ended up on the same team. <laughs> I would somehow make the jerseys hugging each other. like, Or put them like around a picture of me and the jerseys are hugging me. Yes. That would be so precious. <laughs> I would love it. Um, but like, I, Mixon, I think, is the only one that's a little rough. But honestly, it's not like 
he well, he hasn't been doing bad per se, but he hasn't been doing great. But he's been getting the volume, and I don't think that changes for any reason. Do any of you feel strongly about the values of any of the Bengals? No, I mean I think it's basically what you said. Chase is insulated because he's a top tier receiver. Higgins has been not great this year. Higgins is probably a, a buy, like you like you said. Higgins is probably a buy because you assume he ends up somewhere else. And then even if he doesn't produce, you're going to have that like hype window when he lands somewhere. Yeah. And then Mixon, like Mixon's right now the running back ten in in PBR. Like he's been fine. Yeah, and again, this is not points per game because Peter Howard yells at me when I give points per game, even though everybody else likes points per game. But but he's been better over the last, like, four or five games. So, again, you're kind of hoping you get check downs and that sort of thing. And so. I mean, he only drops to 15 in points per game, 14 points per game. But you're right. The last four games, 20, 18, 13, and 21. And, like, the big thing about him is the fact that he is one of those running backs in the league that has such a massive opportunity share. Just, like, it, it, the concentration of the work is him, basically. So, like, it sucks that Burrow's not going to be there because it makes the entire offensive ecosystem worse. But in terms of just, like, you know, because running back volume is the best thing in the world. It is king. It is the thing that you always chase. And that's not going anywhere just because a quarterback got hurt. If anything, I guess you could hypothesize a slight bump, but what difference would that make anyway? You know, like he's fine. It's, it sucks. It it lowers his like touchdown scoring ceiling because making it further downfield with Jake Browning stuff, but that's literally the only difference. Yeah. I'm with you guys. Uh, Mark Andrews out for the season. (sighs) Yeah, sad uh, tear, sad face. Uh, now, I assume this is good for Zay Flowers. Again, this is—I don't think this changes fantasy value for anything. Um, I still will be probably be calling Andrews my tight end too, unless something ridiculous happens with Sam Laporta or Kincaid, which is the conversation nowadays where people are just so excited to pump the young tight ends up, or of course, I guess until Brock Bowers comes in the league, we'll see what happens then. You know, we might have Pitts 2.0 happening. Um, Are you interested at all in going to acquire Isaiah likely Uh, is really the only part of the conversation. I I think like, yeah, Hearns is giving me a face. Like again, like, of course, if you could send a third for Isaiah likely, sure. Why not? But like, I have a question as a, as a Laporta, drafter you yes if somebody were to send you mark andrews for laporta and you had a team say like in ta11 where you're not competing would that be on your radar no okay because i traded him for i traded him for kittle because i didn't think you would be interested in in him for laporta which okay so i i need to clarify one it would absolutely be biased at that point because i do really like laporta and my team is bad and young and not that i think i think andrews is what 27 i think he's like a year older than me i think he's like 20 28 29 something like that damn kids um so like he's still young enough that i don't care about a year or two you know having him on a team that might not be good until you know, next year, the year after, because I, his age doesn't worry me the same way that Kittle's age doesn't. Wor- no, well, that too, but I meant to say Kelsey. You know, neither of their age worries me really. So, like that, that's not really part of it. It really just has to. Like, if it was Kincaid, 
yes, yes. I would do well, that I- switch. But a lot of people are like ever since the Knox injury and Kincaid's been a real part of that team and Gabe Davis apparently retired, you know, the, the Kincaid bandwagon is getting faster, louder, and more crowded. Um, but now Laporta, I hold on to just because I like the player. I like the situation and all of that stuff, but I, I absolutely do not dislike the move of taking Andrews on a rebuilding team at this point, because yeah. worst case scenario his value goes right back up the second they announce he's healthy, which, I mean, um, Frank set out for the fantasy season, which means he might come back in the NFL season or playoffs yeah. if the Ravens make it, which means assuming you're in a dynasty league and they don't turn trades off after the fantasy season, you might be able to move him immediately. They, they, right? had, mentioned, they had mentioned that. They said that it was a clean – like everything when they went in to look, it was as clean as it could possibly be. He's had That's the good. surgery, and they're thinking that it will be – could be, could be back for the end of the season. Not necessarily will be, but. Um, Baltimore currently where in here? I'm trying to find what like their record is. and all They were that. knocked. I think they were knocked out of the. I think they were knocked out of the one seed because of what happened. Maybe, no, I, I was thinking of a team in the NFC. Whatever. Either way, they're like, they're up there. Like they're, they still have oh. all of that going for them. Like they're, they're great. <laughs> So I use uh, Tankathon to look at the draft order, and I just wasn't going down far enough. They have them as a Super Bowl team. They're, yeah, they're eight and three right now. Yeah, Which I guess they just have the best record in the AFC, and because Kansas City is now seven and three. Yeah. Um, That's what I was thinking of. That's because they lost. Yeah. They moved it. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> so, yeah. So, yeah, like, if they stay a playoff team and Andrews can be back, Andrews will be back because winning a Super Bowl is worth it. In which case, Andrews' value should not dip at all. Yeah. Um, I don't care about Zach Wilson, though that sucks for Garrett Wilson a little bit. Matt Canada got so. fired. Like, look, I get it. He wasn't the whole problem. Yeah. He was a lot of it. And I loved the amount of Blame Canada South Park gifs that have been on Twitter today. <laughs> it just made me very, very happy. Like, do you want the floor for a second, Herms? Do you just want to talk about this? Oh, oh yes, yes, I do. I will tell you what. And I'll say, we definitely don't have enough time for my full thoughts on this, but I can definitely say, thank God, because Matt Canada, you have made my life a living hell. And like every Sunday, so the first time in my life, okay, so ever since YouTube TV got the NFL Sunday ticket thing, I was like, cool, I can finally watch every single Steelers game like I've always wanted to. You know, because like my parents are from around there, I was raised a Steelers fan, like, great, the first time I ever get to do this. And it's just like this awful gauntlet of terrifying defenses that they've had to go up against. Not only that, but like my dad and I sit there just like watching all of this and 80% of the time we correctly predict the stupid thing that Matt Canada was going to do. And it's just like, I'm one of the, like I'm already balding, but whatever little hair I had left, I tried to pull out. It's just, I could not stand it. But now we finally get out from under this, but the issue is, I don't know if removing that tumor necessarily means that the illness is gone because Kenny Pickett is somebody that I defended like a lot especially toward like the end of last year, he really showed he's got a brass set of cojones on him. You know, like he would step up at the end of games and really do stuff. So I spent the off season being happy for him, being like, maybe he'll take a step forward this year. And like independent of the Matt Canada stuff, he still sucks. So like the, the frustrating part of all of this is like, it, I'm glad, but like the whole dynasty outlook for everything really doesn't shift a whole lot. The only thing I think that matters 
is it's potentially good news for Najee Harris because if you look at their remaining schedule, the run defenses get a little bit easier. And one of the really frustrating things about what Matt Canada did in just in terms of how they distribute, you know, the backfield touches is that Jalen Warren would pretty much get way more of those like outside kind of like zone blocking touches and have way more space. Meanwhile, you look at like the stacked boxes that Najee would face running gap every single time. So whenever people are like, Oh, he sucks. It's like, it's not his fault. It's like, who do you like? You could put like, I don't know. You could prime Earl Campbell in those situations. And I don't know if he's going to do much better. So like, that's the only cool thing, but like, I, I'm still mad. That's the tough part. Like I haven't, I'm having a good day today, but I'm still mad. Yeah. Um, the, the thing I said about this was, cause I brought up Najee Harris. Uh, I don't even remember when anymore, but like usually when an OC is gone or even just like a coach is gone mid season, they usually like back to basics a little bit, which I think would be great for Pickett because he never had a chance to start with basics in the, in the Steelers offense. And it would be great because that should just mean feeding Najee again. So like, I agree with you. I think like that's, and while again, I don't think Canada being gone is magically going to lead to Pickett being good, but like, and and the bigger problem was regardless of how bad that offense was, they're six and four. So like their, their defense is really good. Like, the, like really good. Yeah. And, and the problem with that will lead to, are they going to do the same thing and draft a quarterback in the twenties? Like, yeah, this is a much better year for quarterbacks than it was. was it two years ago at this point in Pickett's year. Yep. But like, I don't know, like it's, it seems rough and it's, it doesn't seem like a very Steelers thing to do. Steelers don't really seem to give up on, on players very quickly. Um, but let's, you know, nobody cares about Ritter starting, Aaron Jones. I mean, that sucks. Uh, Ken Walker, oblique injury. I'm excited to see what Charbonnet can do, but really that's the end of it for me. Yeah. Um, and Cooper Cup, not much to talk about, really. Um, okay, so there you go. Oh. What? What a wonderful player. <laughs> yes. Uh, so, Herms. Herms. Yes. Bye. Herms. Hello. Hey, how's it going? <laughs> do you want to do trade addicts trades or listener questions next? Uh, yeah, we let's get into the listener questions. Sweet. All right. First we have ascending descent. Oh, by the way, uh, you know, my, my silly question for this week was what is your favorite Thanksgiving side? So if you guys didn't see the tweet, I know Zach, the answer is just, yes, get over it. You're going to have to think of a real answer. Um, and cause I agree wholeheartedly with ascending descent. The best side is gravy. Um, I actually explained this to my daughter the other day because neither of my kids really eat turkey. Ellie really just likes pumpkin pie. She doesn't really like any of the other stuff. Of course, they both eat mac and cheese and stuff like that. And I'm like, Ellie, you don't understand. Turkey's not great. But the best thing about Thanksgiving is it doesn't matter what's on your plate. You could literally just cover it in gravy and it's fine. (laughs) Like everything on your plate goes with gravy and that's a good day. (laughs) So... Ascending Descent, I'm right there with you. The best side is gravy. And he asks a very interesting question. How do you value fields right now? Moving towards the offseason, are there any players you are targeting due to an expecting value increase? Any? Okay, no, so those are separate questions. Let's talk about Justin Fields. Like, before I let Zach go, because he gave his I'm ready to talk thing, um, November ADP, which was a little rough because he was still hurt at that point, Justin Fields, QB 13. So, Zach. 
so this is going to be a little different answer to this question because I, I still think Burrow in fantasy is a, a really valuable play. He's going to score points. When mm-hmm. he's playing quarterback, he is going to score points. He is good enough with his legs, and he's actually okay throwing the ball. Like, he'll be fine. But I have decided to shift the way I value or view running quarterbacks who are not great throwers to a similar way that I view running backs, where they become short-term short-term value propositions for me, short-term points propositions for me, instead of, you know, when you draft Mahomes or when you trade for Mahomes, you're sitting there, I had Mahomes for 10 years. When I get a running quarterback, so Fields, Anthony Richardson, uh, Trey Lance, who is no longer a running quarterback, whatever he's doing, but like that type of player, I'm turning around, I'm valuing them like running backs. So when I when I get a running back, when I draft a running back, I will play them for two years, three on the outset, and then look to trade them for max value because they still have that value. That's how I am dealing with running quarterbacks now. I'm looking at that. I'm I'm trying to squeeze the juice out of the first couple of years that they're squeeze playing. The <laughs> no reason the juice. <laughs> oh, and and then trade them for max value and and move on that way. So it's not really how I value fields, but that's how I'm playing that archetype. Terms. It makes a lot of sense. I, I'm I'm here for that. I think the the issue with uh doing that only in his case, like obviously like in a general sense very good idea but i i don't know where he's gonna play which is like that for again only for him specifically kind of the big problem because at this point the odds that the bears have the number one overall pick and what the either the second third or fourth like yeah something like that is just so high (laughs) like they have license well they Ryan Poles, the GM specifically, has license to do something that callback actually to the Kenny Pickett thing. Same thing with like uh, Steelers GM Omar Khan. You know, it's just like he he took over, man. You know, like he didn't draft Kenny Pickett. Like Ryan Poles didn't draft Justin Fields. Like anytime you're in a situation like that, you have that one time get out of jail free card as an executive in the NFL to be like, he's not my guy. And then just ship him off to wherever because, like, no matter what happens to Justin Fields after this, even if he goes somewhere else and ends up being ten times better than he is now, he'll polls will still be able to sit there and say, "Well, he wasn't my guy." So, it, you know, more power to him. But I just I'm nervous because, like, the teams that kind of need quarterbacks like aren't really environments I want Justin Fields to be in. And like, not that it can get like worse than Chicago. The issue is that he can make a lot of lateral moves in different franchise situations. And there are only so many places where his value can really go up. So I think he's kind of teetering at the back end of that QB one thing where like, if I can get a first, like let's go a first plus cool. But I also would kind of get it if people in my leagues felt the exact same way that I do. Okay. So here's my thing. I really like Justin Fields as a player. And to me, it was it turned out to not be about Justin Fields, the player, because I always believed in his talent anyway. A lot of people 
you know, mobile Ohio state quarterback. We need to see it in the NFL kind of stuff. I thought we saw enough. Um, it came down to the bears being dumb. Like, you know, rookie year, throw it out the window because they weren't ready to play him his rookie year, but they did it anyway. And then, you know, second year, it took like six games for, the, for them to be like, oh, wait, he's not a statue. We should move, let him move around. And it went really, really, really well. And then they had the first four games of this year where they're like, let's make him a statue again and see what happens. Maybe it, it'll magically work different. And then they let him run around and he was doing well again and, but, and he got hurt. And so one of two things is going to happen. They're going to draft Caleb Williams at the one because they do technically still have the 101 and ship him somewhere. Or they are going to trade out and that's committing to Justin Fields. Because you don't say, I I don't like Justin Fields, but I'm not going to take Caleb Williams. So I, I think I'm not really discounting how I feel about fields because I feel like he will be in a spot that should, that either a team is going to trade for him and they want him and they'll hopefully know what to do with him. Or maybe the bears actually learned to not be dumb, trade back, grab a couple of offensive and defensive linemen, build a real team, grab another wide receiver in a very heavy wide receiver class, and hopefully let that offense be what it's supposed to be, and things should be fine. So, like, I'm not looking to get out on fields. Like, I, I only have a few of them at this point because, you know, he got really valuable and I have a trading problem, so I downgraded a whole lot. Um, but... Like I'm, I'm, I think he's starting at some point, and I think it's either a team that chooses him and wants him, or a team that will have to end up committing to him because they're passing on an amazing prospect coming in, and like there's, you know, I Travis May uh, replaced Kane on the on Dynasty Wall Street, and and Travis said like there's literally zero good quarterbacks in the 25 class. So, like, if you're yeah. passing on Caleb Williams, you're pushing yourself out a bit before you have a, a decent replacement coming in. That's yeah. fair. I, I mean, I feel like there are what, probably two or three. I mean, you can stretch it a little bit, but, like, there are a couple in this coming class. Yes. Yeah, that's oh, what yeah. I'm saying. Like, yeah. if they don't do something this year, then. Right. And and there are, there are six probably six teams that need a quarterback. I'm not including Pittsburgh, although I think they also need a quarterback. Yeah, but also there are we teams do. at top that do. Yeah. Um, well, I don't edit things, so I'm not editing this out. You guys talk. I'll be back in a second. All right. But, like, yeah, man, I, that's right. He's right, though, because I, I think – what's his name? Uh, Penn State guy, Drew Aller. Like he's the he's the only one from next year's class I can even think of, and yeah. that's dude. I I I don't watch a ton of Penn State just because there are normally better games on TV whenever they play, but I've seen them a couple times, and like I get the appeal, but it's not it's not there for me. the The cool thing is that he's tall. I mean, you, you, <laughs> we, we we love a tall boy. But... Always gone though. We can't do that. that Denver's beyond <laughs> that now. It's short king time in Denver. Yeah. Oh my God, dude, man. And also, and but to your point though, 
there are some of these kind of like smaller kind of QB dudes that I think are actually kind of interested. Honest, honest to God, I think I really want the Steelers to just move on from Pickett and what's his name, uh, Jaden Daniels from LSU. That yeah. kid, let's get him in Pittsburgh. Especially because, like, I don't, I'm not even sure if he's going to be a first round pick necessarily. Like, hype might get him there once we get into draft season, but like, if he ends up just being one of those dudes that falls into the second, like just like trade up, man, just trade up and get him. It'd be so much fun. Yeah, I mean it's it's been it's been because I'm a I, I hate I don't like to admit this, but we're among friends. But I'm a Patriots fan. I, I'm in Maine, so yeah. by default, I I endured the Rod Rust era. I saw one in fifteen, and like uh, I was there for that. Uh, but the the Patriots are another team that are looking for potentially a quarterback because I don't think Mac Jones is the answer. Mac Jones may be the only one in New England who thinks he's the answer, and that doesn't really jive very well. But, like, the Falcons, we talked about the Bears, the Steelers, the Raiders, the Vikings, potentially, the Giants, and the Patriots. Like, there are a lot of teams that are like, hey, we could use a quarterback. So that, that to me, goes back to Russ's idea of even if you even if you don't believe Fields is going to be the Bears quarterback, it stands to reason that somebody – is going to pay – they'll fleece polls to re, to acquire uh, fields because that's what that's what teams do. It's real easy to do it. Hey, thank you. <laughs> I, I will be ever forever grateful for that man, for Joey Porter Jr. It was yeah, a, yeah. Be, best trade of all time. <laughs> oh, it's beautiful. Oh, dude, every, every time I think about – and, like, I feel kind of bad about it, but I also don't feel bad about it because I am uh, – I'm in a group chat with the homie Dave Kluge. You know, yep. there, and I know, like Chicago guy, whole thing, and like he's been through enough. But and any time, like Chase Claypool comes up, or like any time <laughs> something goofy comes up, I just hundred percent always take that shot to just yep. remind him, hey, <laughs> remember that? Yeah, <laughs> it. I will never let him forget that. He I'll just, probably grow tired of it in a couple of years, but just for send now, him, send him a Claypool jersey to Denver, and you know, it's like here, here you go. Oh my god, wow. dude. I, so good. I happen to have the show sheet, so I can I can read off the next question. Oh, cool. At FF Trader Joe says Sam Howell is a, is QB three right now. Josh Dobbs is QB eleven. Is either going to be a week one starter for a team next year? And he, and he thinks pie is the best side. You just gotta have ice cream, Joe. Pie, I need ice cream. It's just a vessel. Also, kind of just like depends on the pie. There are some pies that I can really get down with. Some that I'm just not. I don't know, like rhubarb's kind of weird. I'm not a big fan of that pie. But if we're talking like, all right, like pumpkin, obviously like goaded, definitely a very good pie. But bringing it to the football part, uh, <laughs> I think. Uh, so for those who uh, don't know, I live in I live in the D.C. Baltimore media market. Like that's that's about where I'm at. So I. I get a pretty good finger on the pulse of both the Ravens and the commanders. Pretty much everybody that lives near me is, you know, fans of those teams. I mean, we're close enough to Pennsylvania that people like my parents moved down from around there and they're enough Steelers fans, but I digress. The feeling generally from what I get is that like the commanders like feel like they got their dude. And like, I was like notoriously pretty like anti Sam Howell, not because like I thought he was necessarily bad, but just because I never thought he'd be good enough to outlast 
new ownership coming in and wanting to put their stamp on the franchise. But at this point, he's confident enough that they'll probably give him another chance. So I would definitely pick him. But Dobbs is tougher for just obvious reasons insofar as, like, he's fun and he can run, but it's also evident that he's kind of just like that hired gun type dude. So, like, he'll have a job 100%. I just don't know if it's going to be a starting job. And and I think that to me is the worst part about being Dobbs cuz I think he I think he could be a middle of the road starter. Like he's not going to light the world on fire, but he'd be fine. He's better than probably 10 guys that are starting right now in the league. But he is a 29-year-old unrestricted free agent who made one and a half million dollars this year. Like all of those things work against him. So it's like, somebody's going to be like, yep, we're paying a quarterback, uh, big money. You've seen a lot of quarterback injuries. We'll take Dobbs. We'll sign him. We'll put him behind our quarterback. I'd love to see him go to green Bay so I can get the Dobbs to Dobbs. That would, that just would make my, I, I would like that. But I do think that he, he is not a week one starter. And I agree with you on Howell. like, the this is the big dichotomy between the numbers, the the nerds, the the met the metrics. You can't say that on NFL broadcast. You have to spat it out. The metrics <laughs> and the football guys, because Sam Howell takes so many sacks, and the football guys are like whatever. It's the line. It's you know he does all this stuff and he's throwing and they're scoring thirty points a game and the the nerds are going, but but. But sacks are a quarterback stat, and they're right because that's what they do is, like, they look at the numbers and analyze what they mean, and sacks are a quarterback. So all of those sacks and this huge number of, of sacks is all is on Sam Howell. But I think the, fo- the football guys carry the day when the decisions are made, and Sam Howell is a starter. Great for fantasy. It's more fun that way. Yeah. I hope Howell gets to keep his job and keep going because I do like him. And again, I'll say it every single time Sam Howell comes up. Look, look, he had a bad last year of college, but when Deami Brown leaves, that's what's going to happen. <laughs> oh, and I don't know if you, you talked about it, but uh, Trader Joe's favorite side is pie. Yes, I said I, I, he knows this, but it, to me, it's just a vessel for ice cream. Yeah. But like, that's a very Joe answer. Just yeah. pie. <laughs> Um, okay, so we have at DFF underscore Jonathan, S. Jonathan O2, who came in not just to be the Grinch this this time. Um, favorite side dish is mac and cheese. Very strong, very solid. Are you guys breadcrumbs on top of mac and cheese people? And Zach, don't just say whatever. Um, like, do you just need cheese and mac and that's it? Or do you like things? Do you like fancy? So it depends on... It depends on who's listening, depends on where we're going for Thanksgiving, because occasionally we end up at like gluten-free Thanksgiving, and I don't want those, whatever you're sprinkling on there, because it's not really bread. But like if we're doing like like croutons with the butter and the yeah, yeah. yes, yeah, yeah, let's do that. Yeah. Herms. I am pro any mac and cheese, but I think <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's like, the right answer yeah it's yeah. like it's a cop-out but like it's true and you know i but i will say like i think i have more fun with mac and cheese that is dressed up 
with stuff. Like I, the more the more you add to mac and cheese, just it it only gets better because you're starting with a baseline of something that's already delicious. So the more you pile on, it's just like yes, 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 yes. So like you can't go wrong. <laughs> I, I need Bob's brisket. Mac and cheese from mm-hmm. from from Canton two years ago, like that. Sign me up for that. Yes. Um, do you trade? Oh, here we go. Do you trade Burrow Plus for Stroud as a contender? Depends okay, so if Stroud finishes this season, how far? Like, I think Stroud's already in that tier for a lot of yeah. people. Um. So, like, do you do you trade like again? Like the answer will always be depends what that plus is. But like, let's and I know a second isn't really sizable for you, Zach. But like, would you put Burrow in a second for Stroud out right now if you were a competing team and you wanted to keep going? Absolutely. I I, I think that to me, like when we talked about don't trade Burrow for like less than like Stroud is in that same stratosphere and he is scoring right now. I'll do that. Would you add a first? Uh, your first, so you're competing. It'll be yeah. I mean, later. probably yeah, probably. Um, but I also that you're getting back into that like range of like psychologically. Yeah, I think I'm going to win. Reality, <laughs> yeah. I'm probably not even adding Stroud. So like, it's a it, it's a little bit more of a hang up for me. With the first, but with the second, yeah, Let, let's sign me up for that. <laughs> Deep thought, Herms. Yeah, well, so like it's complicated for me because the last article that I published on www.drafttalks.com, your unfair advantage since 1999, uh, was about CJ Stroud. And I went through and I did like a historical, you know, analysis about where he ranks among rookies both in just, like, NFL stats and fantasy. So just to give a brief summary of my findings, like, if you just go back to the year 2000, I have a bunch of stats pulled up in the article. He's just having basically the best rookie quarterback season (laughs) in the last 23 years. But then I looked at it, like, for fantasy purposes, right? And just if we're going only on points per game in the last 10 years, because the – that's the only data that I could find for that anyway. Uh, his points per game ranks third among rookie quarterbacks in that span behind the seven games Deshaun Watson played in like 2016 or 17. And then like just, just behind uh, the Dak Prescott coming in to take over for Tony Romo season. So like, we're already like right there and the guys that were like, so those two, and then the couple guys behind him uh, that were like Herbert, uh, Kyler and another name that I can't remember all ranked between QB4 and QB6 in DLF ADP the following August. So, like, that that's just what it is, all right? And then the other part of it, because Joe Burrow only played in those 10 games in his rookie season before, you know, he, you know, got, I think it was Chase Young hit him or whatever. So, like, that was, that was it. We got a 10-game sample size. Well, guess what? We also have a 10-game sample size now of CJ Stroud. And if you put the two of them together, it is spooky. It is basically the same player, except Stroud has like a slightly higher touchdown rate. So when you're asking about trading Burrow for Stroud, it's the Spider-Man gif. <laughs> like that's, that's all it is. You're just getting it. It's like, do you want Joe Burrow, but on a different team and like slightly younger? Cause it, they're the same. It's, it's literally the same. So like, 
Like, yes, but also, I don't know. They're, like, I'm going to have them back to back. It's it's the same, like, already the tier thing. Revisiting the tier thing. It's already in the same tier anyway. But within that tier, I'm going to have them back to back. They are the same to me. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. And then it really comes down to, again, the like Zach said, like kind of the false confidence because it's a crapshoot. Like, you know, I have plenty of teams that are in first place leading in points and I can guarantee you, I'm not going to win the league with most of them just because that's not how fantasy football works, you know, but like you, you do need to put yourself in the best situation you can be to win, which might be doing that. And I've also just, blown enough late first picks to be like, all right, no, I'll do that just to give me a scoring quarterback who again, like it's not like you're getting a bad quarterback out of it. You're getting DJ Stroud. Who's really, 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 really good. So I I think I would do it. I would feel not great about it while doing it. But the second I set my lineup and I have an active quarterback, I'll feel better about it. I think it just depends on like, if you lost, there we go. That's my caveat. Ha ha. I do have an answer. It depends on who your backup plan is. Like, if you've lost Burrow, if you really don't have anything behind him that's, like, worth a damn at all, then, yeah, make the trade. But if you do, if you have somebody kind of decent, then, like, maybe you don't have to. Yeah, I think if you have a top 24 quarterback on your team, like, I'm still talking, like, okay, well, I was about to say Gino, even though he just got hurt, so that's not really the best example, but, like, if you have like a Gino Derek Carr level quarterback, keep naming hurt quarterbacks. Um, <laughs> but like if you have one of those level guys, then yeah, that's fine. Just roll with that because I love Joe Burrow. I firmly believe Joe Burrow is easily a top six ish quarterback. He wasn't lighting the world on fire this season. Like, so you were doing pretty well with a good quarterback. You know, you were winning your league with a pretty good quarterback. So you should still be doing just fine with a good quarterback. You could do what the real life Vikings did and just toss a pick for Dobbs. <laughs> I've done that a lot. <laughs> of course, that's the real answer to me is go see because Dobbs is still going for like a third and change. Like that's easily my first answer. See, if you'd listen to the Dynasty Grind two weeks ago, we said go go send picks for Sam Howell and Josh Dobbs. Yep, and you'd be you'd be fantastic right now. All right, so at Messy Messick. Gotta say, it's deviled eggs. Are you guys deviled eggs, guys? Only till they're gone. Like, I love the Ron Swanson. I'm gonna bring a giant plate of deviled eggs, but they're just for me. No one else. <laughs> like, it's a mood thing for me. Like, they're okay. I can't sit and eat a plate of them, but like every once in a while, a couple of deviled eggs is nice. But like, I, I would never think of that as my favorite. I can't get over the whole smell factor personally, so I've never eaten one, but I'm sure they're probably better than what I think they are. Most likely, yes. <laughs> um, and then he says, I have a couple contending teams that could use a wide receiver to make a push. Trying to acquire Tank Dell, smart move. Trying to figure out where to place his value. His ADP on DLF right now is wide receiver 40. Do you agree with that? No, They have not caught up it, it yet. It is higher than that. Yeah. Hold on. Um, wide receiver. Um, yeah, wide receiver 41 in November. 1QB ADP. Um, I haven't hit Superflex yet to see because I'm not in any of the Superflex, yeah. which they might not be running he's, yet. He's got to be inside the top 20 at this point. Yeah. 
so for, um, for whatever I, he's I, I can guarantee you he's not top 20 just because he's small. He um, should be. Well, no, okay. For, but for what me, you're saying is be. right. He yeah. absolutely should be. And I, you can't – comparing people to outliers is a terrible idea, and I don't mean this as a direct comparison. His rookie season is reminding me a lot of Tyree Kill's rookie season. I mean, look, man, like it, it makes a lot of sense. And also just for the record, because this information's like, I think a day and a half old. So it might've changed a little bit. And I also know keep trade cut, not the most reliable source in the world, but for the record, last I checked wide receiver, like 16, I think is where he yeah. was. So uh, like, that's kind of where that, and like, I get it, man. You know, like I think somewhere between like a, a Tyree cool is definitely very generous, but I also think if you, you know, kind of want to make a different, pivot that doesn't compare him to Tyreek Hill, I think you could make similarities to like a Chris Olave. You know, I think that's also kind of like the type of vibe that we're seeing. Cause there are a lot of deep shots, man. You know, like I think the diversity of what he does is not particularly there yet, but at the same time, like we just got finished talking about his quarterback just being Joe Burrow Jr. So like, it's fine. You know, it doesn't matter if he's, you know, kind of just seeing a lot of these yeet balls down the field. As long as the guy can get it to him, it's chill. So yeah. Yeah, I'm I, I'm here for like if you can get a second, if you can give a second for Tank Dell, I call that a victory very, very easily. Um, I don't think there are going to be many people giving him up for that though at this point, because why do that right now? Like unless you just think this is flash in the pan, which first of all, like send the offer. You know, we were talking also before. You know, Michael Scott's famous quote of you miss 100% of the shots you don't take, Wayne Gretzky. Um, like, so yeah, absolutely send it. I, I would love it. This is where you Travis May galaxy brain because you know Travis May says that the 25 class doesn't have quarterbacks in it, which Still makes it first. which makes it a less yeah. valuable class. Throw a 25 first. Look, it's a first for Tank Dell. You're getting a first. And, yeah. and, and, and do that. Uh, so yeah, I love getting Tank Dell. We are all in agreement that he is way higher than wide receiver forty. I believe he believes belongs in the top twenty. I just yeah. I don't think he'll land there, especially in like mock draft based situations. Like I could see ranking rankings people making him a little higher, but it's tough for me to see people checking that box in the draft. Um, at Scott underscore Sidlow, hey Scott, hey oh hey, Scott. How do I replace Andrews on the nine contenders I lost him on? And his favorite side just is stuffing. This is my real answer, by the way. Like my joke answer is everything because gravy, but stuffing is legit my favorite, which is really just, you know, spice bread. You know, I, I like bread. I don't know what to tell you, but yeah, stuffing is my absolute favorite. Um, so, I mean, you said it before, Zach, and we'll talk about it for reals when we get into the trades, but I mean, like you sent him for Kittle. Um, I did. And you also said like you were thinking about sending him to me for Laporta. I'm fine with those. Like if you can pull a move of getting him into another of those top tier, like clearly I don't think anyone's doing him for Kelsey unless maybe the Kelsey manager is like falling out of it. Um, but like I, I asked the Kelsey manager and then I was like, well, that's dumb. Cause then I just moved them two spots on my roster. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> go sit in the corner for a minute um though that's how zach plays my leagues he just gets all the tight ends um but like you know uh for me it's kelsey laporta and hawkinson 
And like I said before, I know a lot of people are on the Kincaid bandwagon. I think with Kincaid, I would still want a, a lot on top. But like, if you can make a swap for those first three, like if you can somehow straight up get Hawkinson or Kittle or like, I'm good with that. Like, I, I, I think that's absolutely fine because Kittle had a strange start to the season, but seems like ever since the bye, it's been back to normal and I love it. Um, but like, I think that's all you could really do. And I know smart brain says don't trade away the hurt player to replace the hurt player. But if you can get those kinds of players, I'm fine with it. Even if you can get like, like you should be able to get Engram plus a decent piece, you know, like, you know, so like, and, and they're tight ends, which are okay. You know, if it's not Kelsey, it's not the biggest deal in the world to me. So like, I'm fine doing something like that. Otherwise, you're, you're going to, like, I, I don't think there's an answer because I don't think there's any, tight ends have been, like, seemingly so, well, they're always terrible, but, like, there isn't even those players this year that you feel safe with anymore. I mean, Goddard felt like breaking his arm. It was a weird choice to make. Um, Fryermuth has been non-existent, whether through the <laughs> offense in general or his health. I, like there, you know, we had like the Chigakonkwos last year, which there doesn't really seem to be any of them. Though, I mean, the Taysom Hill, Juwan Johnson duo might just be the answer in the long run. Um, Jake Ferguson's been pretty good. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Ferguson has been pretty good. Um, Ferguson Schultz has been okay. Like, yeah, there, Schultz, there are a couple. There are a man, couple. Schultz that... is going to like break touchdown records or something. Like he's going to somehow like no one's paying attention and he's going to score as many touchdowns as Gronk does. Like he's just every single game. Um, but like, I'm like I'm not including Andrews in a trade for someone of no. those levels. It's only at that top tier. So like you, you want to believe that one player doesn't ruin your chances for a championship, but if it's going to be someone, it's going to be someone like Burrow and someone like um, Andrews who are at the top ish tier of these onesie ish positions because super flex doesn't, but still you don't have to start two quarterbacks. Um, so yeah, like if, if you have that top tier tight end, I try and find a way to get another top tier tight end out of it. If not, I don't want to spend anything. Did the funniest takeaway that I have from this entire thing is that it's the, it's the weirdest way I found out that I am on the Kincaid Island. Cause <laughs> yeah, I, nice. Dude, he was my most drafted rookie in my rookie drafts this year, and like I would rather rank him over Laporta personally. But by the tone of the conversation, it's clear that I am just like very much, you know, standing by myself on this. That's my big takeaway. <laughs> no, that's I mean, Kincaid's Kink- Kink- good. I I just had Laporta as the clear and away tight end one in this class, and Russ listens to me talk a lot. And I, I listen so to exactly exactly me yeah, too. That's, so, yeah. that's that's where you're at. It's it's, um, but but again, like Kincaid's not like Kincaid is not bad. Like I don't want to say that, but I don't think oh, for sure. In, yeah. I don't think he's in the echelon. What what I saw him do, and what I saw the other players on his team do until they were hurt, and then he did it in college. Yeah. It, it, like he's, he's good, but uh, I would rather have Laporta over him. And, and again, if I'm trading, if I'm trading Andrews, like Laporta is at like the bottom of where I'm willing to make that Andrews trade. Yeah. yeah. The conversation uh, between the two of those dudes is definitely still ongoing. Like it's yeah. definitely oh, yeah. not oh, one of those things. Certainly. Yeah. <laughs> um, past four games. 
So from week eight until week 11, Kincaid is the tight end four in points per game. And this is the yep. trade addicts 0.75 premium where Kincaid is scoring 19.95 points per game. Laporta 15.25 yep. um, coming off of a nine point game. Um, so again, it is absolutely nothing like Kincaid is bad. It just, I always find it super weird when it takes someone like Dawson Knox being hurt for the other person to step out of the shadows like it because it, it's not even like mcbride had to wait for Ertz to get out of the way Ertz is very good so like that made a little bit more sense it sucks that Ertz had to get hurt but i love that mcbride is the tight end three in the past four games uh but yeah like i was never that big into kincaid i wasn't the biggest fan of buffalo being the landing spot but hey like i like seeing football players work out because that's good for football bingo uh, the last one we have, and like normally I only use the uh, the actual Twitter handle, but this guy's name was X the Eliminator, and I just got finished watching through Harvey Birdman, Attorney at Law again, and that just makes me happy. Um, at one, the full Gemini says, yams, sweet yams, one, two, three exclamation points. Do you guys do the sweet potato pie thing where you just put the mushrooms on top and like char them? No? Is that, I don't Never know if that. that. I don't know if that's a New Jersey thing or a Jew thing, but like sweet potatoes, like we call it sweet potato pie, but it's like mashed-ish or, or like cubed sweet potatoes. You could put things like pecan. Some people put pineapple in there. It's like a, a casserole and pretty much. And then you cover it with marshmallows and throw it in the oven for a few minutes so they get a little toasty. Yeah, we we uh, have um, with the, the pecans and like uh, brown sugar and that yes. sort of. Thing. Yes, we do that. We don't. We eschew the marshmallows. Um, pretty, uh, pretty diabetic, but like you know, we 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 try to. That that's how it that's how it ends up uh, happening here. Yeah, it's but good. I I agree. I really like sweet potatoes. Um, but then he actually asks, barely contending. Do I sell Deshaun for a running back and a future third? RB room is Ramon J. Herbert, Hunt, Keaton Mitchell and filth in the rest of the spots. Um, like it's, it's weird to think that Ramondre hasn't been awful, but it's, you know, 14.367 points per game in the past three weeks, four weeks. Sorry, they had their bye week this week. Um, and I know it's weird to only like to even shorten our small sample size down, but we're like, we're thinking about rest of season. So why look into how they were doing week one and week two? Like it just, to me, it's, it's less of the picture that matters because we're not talking dynasty value. We're talking about rest of season. Um, me being like, I'm, I'm you know, a, a human being. And as a football player fan, uh, football, I'm not the biggest fan of Deshaun Watson. Like, you know, he didn't, come close to looking good in between his injuries this year. So like, I get that his value is down, but I still feel like I want more than any of these players in the third. Oh, those are his players. Those are his players. Like, so yeah. Should I acquire a running back for Watson? Yes. The answer is yeah, I'm fine with that. But like, I think you need to be like Javante Williams maybe like that's kind of a player like Rashad white, like, you know, still kind of young scoring points. Like I'm not sending him away for David Montgomery in a third, even though 
you know, David Montgomery is out here scoring points, but like, it's still a quarterback that has some sort of upside in a lot of people's minds that I don't want to sell him too cheaply, but I'm also completely fine selling a non-core quarterback. Like, again, we're not talking Burrow anymore. We're talking about a dude that was most will most likely be your QB2 and not because you just have two studs. So like, I'm absolutely fine shipping that hurt quarterback away to get a different position, but still you need to worry about value a little bit. But if I can get Javante or Rashad white, or I I mean, if you want to go a little further down to like get something on top of it and I know Burrow getting hurt, but still give me Mixon and a third because Mixon's still going to get the volume, even though that offense is going to get pretty worse. I mean, if you want to do the Najee or Jalen Warren dance, maybe Jerome Ford, like with those guys with the like little bit of plus on top. Yeah, I mean, I just, I just really don't like Watson. So just w- whatever you can do. <laughs> like, yeah, that, that's, I, that, I, that I is my stance in every situation. I'm just like, oh, you can make him not be on your team, then good, do it. I. It made for bad podcasts because I used to just say that all the time. And then, first of all, it made Rocky feel like an a-hole because he's like, look, it's fantasy football. Like, we're supposed to be talking fantasy football. And I'm like, you're right. I don't want to make you feel like a jerk. You're right. So, like, I'm like, I'm just going to talk value, but then still feel the need to throw in that I, he's a horrible person. Um, but, yeah, I, I am absolutely on board for selling Deshaun Watson for a running back at this point. Get that bread, baby. Get that title. Yeah. All right, that was our last question. So let's move on to Trade Addicts trades. Trade Addicts leagues are 12 teams, Superflex, PPR, tight end premium. The aforementioned 1.75 points per tight end reception with 0.05 points for return yardage, except for TA1. And we don't have any TA1 trades, so that don't matter. We're actually jumping straight to TA4, where Russell Wilson and Gus Edwards was sent for, I love that we actually have like spaces for these, for a playoff first and third. I remember like I looked at this and I'm like, really? that's all you're going to get for Wilson and oh yeah, it's Wilson and Edwards, like getting a playoff because like Russell Wilson hasn't been terrible. He, he hasn't, he hasn't been great. So like, I love the idea of getting someone's first for Russell Wilson, because like, I don't think Wilson will help that team as much as that other person wants him to. <laughs> so like he's this, this other team is going to make the playoffs. They're third place. They're like eight and three, but like, Maybe Russell Wilson helps him get a first round exit and you end up with the 107, 108 instead of the 111 or 12. Like, I, I and you're not gonna, no matter how many touchdowns Gus Edwards scores in any given week, you're not gonna get much for him. So, if I just I want these players off my teams, I'm fine taking a first and third. These, yeah, these are the players that you're sad that you roster if your team has flamed out. Yeah. Because they don't have the value that they should because they're scoring points, but they're not like future pieces or, or at least not perceived future pieces. So it's like I, I hate to give up a quarterback for a single – like a, a legit – like he, he's top 15 right now, I think, in, in scoring. Like Russell Wilson's been good. Like if you, if you are replacing Joe Burrow – with Russell Wilson, you're you're not that far off this year, like long term, yeah. But like, it's not a it's not a bad trade because that's what you're getting for value. Like, it's, yeah. oh, I hate doing it, but it's 
Yep. Yeah. Not all trades are going to feel good, even if they are the right move. Yep. My my thoughts are exactly the same. <laughs> okay, and I, I looked up to see if this did fit into the situation of how do you replace these hurt quarterbacks, but it really didn't. So this is just a Josh Dobbs trade for the sake of it being a Josh Dobbs trade. TA6, Pat Fryermuth for Josh Dobbs and Demario Douglas. Terms. Yeah, TBD. I mean, like it's it's so it's so tough. Like they, the Steelers. I, I looked this up because I was frustrated. Uh, over the last however many years it's been since 2016, because math. Uh, this is <laughs> the lowest amount of uh, the Steelers' offense has concentrated targets in the middle of the field at like their lowest rate at any point in that span. Like they they don't throw to the area of the field where Pat Fryermuth makes his bread, where he gets his thing done. So, like, I don't have a long-term answer until I find out who is in charge of the offense for the future. But I do know that he's talented enough that if it works out, good for the person getting Pat Fryermuth. Because those first two seasons, even though slightly marred by injury here and there, he's shown he can be really good. So it's a pretty solid opportunity, but I definitely see both sides of it. And like Demario Douglas is kind of fun too, so it's a really nice trade. Man, this is and and I think the thing the thing that probably sways it for me is the premium. And Fryermuth was again heavily targeted in his first couple of years. Hopefully, with Canada down from the booth, down to field level, and then out out. It was kind of a process. It was nice. Hopefully, you see a return to some Fryermuth targets, and and so I think it's man, I think it's that side. But like short term, it's easy uh, Dobbs, uh, and and Genji's not in the chat here, is he? Because like yeah. we we he keeps bringing up Demario Douglas on the on the Wednesday stream. <laughs> Demario Douglas is my I have a hundred percent. Demario Douglas roster ship. Let's go. Even though, even though, like we we kind of joke with Genji that he's like, eh, he's fine, but like he was a, an easy flyer for me because I watched the Patriots preseason and I'm like, he's doing some things, and I'm like, okay, yeah, well, I'll roster him for nothing. See, as I said before, when I was. I know I didn't like say it specifically, but like when we were talking about Andrews and all of that stuff, I'm at the point in my life where I don't want to deal with streaming tight ends or in general, really, which is one of the reasons I honestly got out of redraft because like I can't pay up for a quarterback in redraft, but having to stream was just so much work. I'm just like, you know what? I'm just going to stick with our <laughs> dynasty from now on. Um, so, you know, I want a guy that I feel good putting in every single week. That's going to be a top, you can't, unless it's like Kelsey, Kittle, Hawkinson these days, like you can't really guarantee that you're going to get like a top five per season scorer. Um, but like Evan Engram was like the lowest I was willing to go into the season. It happened to turn out pretty well. Um, but like Friermuth doesn't fit that for me. Even when he was doing well, he seemed like his best outcome was like Jason Witten-esque where he'll never have a spike game. He will never lose you a game, 
but the problem was Jason Witten was Jason Witten because he never missed games. And he was a top five, six tight end because he was just always playing. And, you know, Muth's health hasn't been great. And the Steelers offense has been really bad. So if you're telling me I could take a tight end that I don't necessarily want to depend on and turn him into a quarterback for the rest of the season. And it's funny, like I looked up to see if this was like a burrow injury. It wasn't. Um, but even still, like if you did just lose burrow or by the way, uh, Gino is practicing. So I wasn't wrong in saying, you know, you could have Gino. Um, like I would do this pretty easily. And I love the fact that you get someone like Demario Douglas on top because it makes you feel a little better moving off of a player that I know there are people who believe in Muth, that he can be maybe that second tier of tight end, not necessarily the Hawk or the Kelsey, but he can be that Goddard-esque, you know, play every week and feel good about. It's still a possibility. He's super young. You know, he's young enough. And, you know, that team has time to just get a new quarterback. And, you know, I, I love you, Mike Tomlin, but maybe it's just time. Like you don't need to be there 46 years like Bill Cower. Like it doesn't need to happen. You can you can move on in less than 46 years. Um Tomlin's fine. Um I'm just saying, like they they can turn over and things and and Muth being young enough, he could still be part of that. But if you're telling me I can get Josh Dobbs for the rest of the season and who might be a starting quarterback next year or yeah. find a way into a start, like I'm good with this. Like I would absolutely feel great about this. On the other hand, if I'm rebuilding and I think Muth can be that guy I set in stone as my tight end starter, then cool. Like So, yeah, so I like this trade, both sides. Full YOLO. Uh, the next trade, Calvin Ridley straight up for Jalen Warren. Whoever traded away Calvin Ridley this week, that's what you get. I'm looking right into the camera. That's what you get. I'm not even going to look to see who it was because I don't want to get angry at a specific person. Um <laughs> Of course, with the whole Matt Canada getting sacked, we don't know what that split's going to look like. But uh, I, I guess I have more faith in Calvin Ridley being Calvin, somewhat Calvin Ridley again, than I do Jalen Warren being a real thing. And honestly, like I'm starting to resent Jalen Warren for people <laughs> being lazy and calling him Austin Eckler. Because it's like, I get it. He's small, fast, and undrafted. That doesn't mean he's Austin Eckler. Yeah, the, the, he my my thing with Jalen Warren's very complicated to be honest. Because like I, on one hand, like I, as a fan of the team, like I love the dude. Like of course I want him to be really good, but like the hype did get weird, and I was like, guys, what are we doing? Like it's still going to be the it's it's going to be a committee. They're going to split the whole. Time. And then especially like what was it like last week? People were like, oh, we got name the starter, and like that was people who cover the team dispelled that myth pretty quickly. Man, that was a it meant nothing. That was just an arbitrary title they gave to him as a reward for his efforts and stuff. First snap of a game. That's all being the starter meaning. Yeah. So, like, that didn't mean anything. But I want to point out that the people that will be taking over the play calling duty – well, the the guy who's going to be taking over play calling duties is the quarterback's coach, Mike Sullivan. Uh, He was previously the Giants quarterback coach uh, during, like, most of the Eli Manning era, like that little portion there. But then uh, he had a couple different cups of coffee, uh, you know – Cross the way thereafter. So he'll be calling plays. But the guy who seizes the offensive coordinator title is the running back coach, Eddie Faulkner, who has been working with Jalen Warren over the last couple of years. And like, you know, just like reading different quotes from the beat reporters and stuff. I mean, Faulkner really talks him up a lot 
for a pretty good amount of time. So, like, the guy that's really advocated for him is going to be stepping into the role. So that would be, like, my big caveat that I would throw out there. At least as it pertains to the remainder of this season, he does have somebody that's in his corner stepping up. The worry I have with players, and this is not to say Jalen Warner is about, he's been great. He's been incredibly efficient with his touches. He's been fantastic. But every time we do this and we want to make those guys, Lamar Miller, Antonio Gibson, Tony Pollard, those guys that are really efficient, you give them more touches and some of those touches are less efficient touches. It's exactly what you're talking about. Uh, with with running Najee up the middle, like the efficient touches make those players look really good on those touches. If you give them more volume, some of those touches aren't efficient and things start to kind of look different. And it was – I always go back, again, in New England, a Red Sox fan, and it was Alex Cora came in and played second base for like, two innings a game and they would situationally hit him and he was hitting like 370 and everybody in Boston was like, how come Alex Cora doesn't start? And then Pedroia got hurt and they start Alex Cora and Alex Cora promptly hits 235. And it's like, (laughs) it's because they're putting him in situations where he is supposed to succeed and he does, but then you put him in all of the situations and it's a lot harder to succeed. The fresh leg syndrome. Yeah. Sorry, I fell, I, I fell asleep. You started talking about things I didn't understand what they were. <laughs> so I was looking at. But yes, I, I, you've used that analogy before, and it's it's perfect. Yes, exactly that. Um, and again, like I never want to make it seem like I'm rooting against a player, but like oh. just give me Calvin Ridley. Uh, trade addicts nine. Uh, Javante Williams for Zamir White and a playoff first. So Javante Williams for a first. I. I it's funny. This is like DeAndre Swift for me. I've always liked Javante Williams, but his price was always ridiculous. His price is no longer ridiculous, so I like him now. I would give a playoff first for Javante Williams. Yeah. Assuming you're using him in the playoffs. Yeah, right. Um, He is another one of those guys where it's... Oh, I hit wide receiver instead of running back. Um you don't necessarily know that he's doing well or not if you don't have him on your teams because it's not really a name you hear get talked about. But he's getting the workload, and to me, that's what really matters, when, especially when it comes to running back. Like It's the same thing we were talking about with Mixon, where, yeah, Mixon might have a little trouble, but you know he's going to keep getting the ball. And Javante Williams, I mean, yeah, it's he's averaging about 11 points per game. But his past four games, 12.6, 18.8 by week, 21, 7.3. Like he had a – they eased him in the beginning of the season. He missed the game in there. But like the second, like it seems like he got healthy, he started doing really well. And this past game, he only got 11 touches. But before that, uh, 15, 27, 21. And, like, you know, a big part of that, though, is the fact that Samaj P. Ryan has a very annoying stranglehold on the hurry-up role. So any anytime, anytime they're in those situations, he's just out there taking away the fun stuff. Because, like, if Javante got even, like, a, let's say, let's call 40% of those points that, like, 
Samaje siphoning from all of this situation, we would feel a lot better about Javante Williams. So it's like, it's a small annoyance, but it's also a fact worth bringing up to people because like that shouldn't like, I don't really, it's a bad thing, but it's also something that should let you know, well, he's doing this without even having that role. So it it's kind of the, the prism you choose to view this news through will yeah. kind of dictate your view on it. So, like, I think it's kind of cool. Yeah. Weirdly. <laughs> I guess. And speaking of being kind of cool and having the fun part of this, this person then took that playoff first and traded it for, to get their 25 first back. So they are trading away a team that is currently in third place. So they're definitely making the playoffs, have a chance of making it to that 9, 10, 11, 12 area, assuming any sort of rational scoring happens, which we can't count on. And they get their 25 first back. So it looks like they're going to start and try and kick off a rebuild. Control your own destiny. That, ah, love it. I love it. I'm with Herms, and the reason I love this and I love it now is even though everything I'm hearing is that the 25 class will not hold a candle to the 24 class, that doesn't mean if you end up pulling the 25-101 instead of the 24-110, you're not going to be in a better spot. Plus, exactly like Herms said, you're controlling your own team, your own destiny, and what you want to do and how you want to do it. And every second you wait to get your pick back, it's going to get harder because you can pull something like this now and every, and they're just like, oh, it's a 25 pick, whatever. But the second that's the pick on the year, it's you're going to have to pay a ransom to get your pick back because it's clear and obvious what's going to happen. Like right now, someone's just like, yeah, fine, whatever. It's a 25 pick. So I like it. It was And it was fun that I, I, I love <laughs> cascading trades, obviously. So let's let's talk about it, Zach. This guy's an idiot. Trade addicts eleven. Mark Andrews for George Kittle. So that one was snap accepted, which always makes me feel bad. Because, yeah, you always wonder what you could have gotten away with. Well, and especially when it's somebody like Addison. Because Addison, yeah, but Addison also has claimed to wanting to start getting younger. So to be able to move from Kittle, who he's honestly not thrilled with, and I can I only know this because I actually have to. I'm like forced to talk to him once a week. Um, but so like I'm sure he would have been thrilled to have taken that. Yeah, I mean, and and like I prefer Andrews to Kittle, but yeah. I prefer Andrews healthy. Whatever and if plans, Kittle's yeah. healthy and giving me. Basically, what Andrews has given me, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be happy. Like I'm, I'm the number one scoring team in in TA11 right now. So like, yeah, it's kind of here in second place behind the man who just was too good to be here today. I, I am, I am, but that's that's on record. That's that's record, not points. But yes, I don't know, but it also shows that you're second in power rankings. So I go by height. <laughs> you are taller than Rocky. Rocky's Rocky's not a very tall man. Makes sense. Good move. Um, we talked about this a lot already, so I don't think we need to really stick on it. But yeah, I get it. That's fine. I would do this too if I was in your situation. I wish I did this last year when I was hoping Mark Andrews would just get healthy and help me win. Um, so 
Oh boy, hold on. This might be a big one. Okay. We're going to talk about this instead of this last trade because that one, Jerome Ford and Joe Mixon for George Pickens isn't very exciting. Mm. But in Trade Addicts 11, Brock Purdy and DeAndre Swift for Joe Burrow. I've, at the beginning of the season and this past week, when Joe Burrow was hurt and playing very badly, I got offered Purdy in a first for Burrow. Very, very quickly rejected. I got it this week, and I very quickly rejected it. And now, of course, like, to me, Swift is worth a first. So that, like, sort of evens out for me, even though Swift is out here scoring points, which helps more to contender. I Maybe it's just I'm not bought into Purdy, but, like, I, I – and I – the person who accepted this trade went into the chat and said, I have an offer I'm most likely going to take for Burrow unless someone wants to send me something. So I sent him something that was very not great just to say I sent <laughs> something because like, I didn't want to be that guy. And this was like complete trash and I could have gotten away with something, but it wasn't. Um, so man, like, I think I just, I want more, but hold on. Let's look at this guy's roster to see what, uh, Josh Dobbs, Sam Howell, Matt Stafford, Brock Purdy. See, like like you, you were saying before, Herms was like, or or Zach, I don't remember who who brought up the point and then who reinforced it, but both of you said it. Like, if you have a replacement player that's medi- that's not that's above mediocre, roll with it. Like, I would absolutely go forward with Dobbs and Howell as my quarterbacks and feel fine about it. Yeah, and and also like I so I have I I've always had like a short list of NFL players that I uh, consider to be fetch players because there are a lot of people who want to make them happen, but I just don't think they're going to happen. I love you so, and much. <laughs> and like that's kind of how I've always felt about like DeAndre Swift, where it's like I get it, like he's good, but like the future is uncertain. He's also gotten like weirdly like hurt at times, and then also that episode of Hard Knocks where uh, Deuce Staley just like could not get him to run aggressively and commit to hitting a gap is just like there's something weird about this guy. Like I'm never gonna be where people are with DeAndre Swift. I think he's fetch. So like on top of the fact that they already had like contingency plans at quarterback, like. You're also like I like I get it, but like I ugh, I never want to say hate because hate's a strong word, but it's just like ugh, this ain't it, Chief. Including the week one where he got one touch, he is RB twelve points per game. Yeah, and seven overall. Yeah, so like even again, like this trade is a little short not short-sighted, because that makes it seem like it was a bad move for him to do it for this reason. But, like, adding Swift is a this-season thing, and that's all I really care about with running backs anyway. Yeah. To me, it's more about the move down to Purdy, which makes me feel kind of a... Uh, I, I, really, I really wish Rocky were here for this, <clears throat> because I would love to hear his thoughts on Purdy for Burrow. But being so close to this... For me, like being in Trade Addicts 11 and and looking back one spot behind me and seeing the gentleman who traded Burrow, it feels like a panic move. It feels like Burrow got hurt. 
I'm in third place right now. I need to make a move. But, and again, not that it's an awful move, but man, I would, I, I wish I had made a move for Burrow, even as a contender, like, Yes. And that feeling is like one of the most unsettling things that happens. You know what I mean? Like anytime, yeah. any like that, you get the notification or whatever, just like a train went through in your league, you go to pull it up and then you're just like, dude, I could have done yeah. something better. Like what do you do? And that, it never sits well. It never sits. And then it just reminds me that I need to be more active. Because <laughs> that, that, yep. that does occasionally come to bite me. But like, no, you're hundred percent right though, dude. Like I get it. Like, I sympathize with the situation, but, like, you didn't have to do that. Yeah. Yeah, and especially because, like, if you just look at points on the season, um, well, then I have to click the back button a lot of times. Josh Dobbs, 219.7. Sam Howell, 242.8. Brock Purdy, 220. So, like, yeah, you're, like, maybe, okay, you're going to play matchups, but... That's not what you trade away Joe Burrow for. I, if he's happy, he's happy. That's fine. Maybe he's a Burrow guy. I, I don't know. Not Burrow. A Purdy guy. Yeah. A, and that's cool. But like me personally, I, I couldn't pull that trigger. And I, I very quickly rejected when I got a similar one that we have Swift on. It's the team that Addison and I share that we have Burrow. and But we should, we already have Swift. So it's not like they could send us Swift. Um but that's the end of our show sheet plus because that one wasn't on the show sheet. So that is absolutely the end of our show. Plus I just got a call from my daughter who my dog, I have an English bulldog who snores like a beast. <laughs> Chewie's in my room and I can't sleep because he's snoring too loud. So I, I have to go take care of that one. Um, but before we head out of here, Hearns, why don't you remind everyone who you are, what you do and where they could find what you do. Yes, well, my name is Herms. You can follow me on the Twitter machine or X or whatever it is that you know. I'm not calling it that. Screw it. Nope. Yeah, yeah, Elon Musk. You're not going to get me to do it. You nope. can follow me on Twitter at Herms NFL, and I contribute stuff over there at www.draftsharks.com. Your unfair advantage since 1999. Mostly dynasty stuff. I do some other stuff as well. But like, yeah, it's pretty chill. It's a pretty good time, and that's what I do. So yeah, cool. I'm, I'm such a fan of Herms. All right. On that note, patreon.com slash trade addicts pod. You can hang out with us while we record and just have a grand old time along with us. Plus we have our awesome discord chat, the cool kids club. Uh, more importantly, super more importantly, fancycares.org. We have two giveaways going on right now um, for the rest of the month of November. Since it is diabetes awareness month, I'm going to hold this up anyway. That's upside down. We have uh, fantasycares.org slash JDRF where you could win a signed Mark Andrews jersey. Mark Andrews has type 1 diabetes. And we want more kids to be able to grow up to play in the NFL even though they have type 1 diabetes. Every single donation, every penny that comes in will go straight to the JDRF. We're just trying to, you know, raise some money for that. Um, And also... Our regular weekly giveaway goodness, fantasycares.org slash GG for giveaway goodness. We have a signed Jamar Chase jersey. So, you know, we're not we're not playing small, we're playing big. So 
please donate if you can. We appreciate the heck out of you. Even if you can, if you see us tweet about it, just, you know, hit the retweet button, you know, not the repost button. That's fake. Hit the retweet button and just spread the word if you can. You know, Toys for Tots shopping has started. Ahem, ahem. Pointing to the guy sitting next to me on the screen. Zach already uh, went and did his. I've been lazy and haven't even reached out to my Toys for Tots guy yet. Um, but so Fantasy Cares, we could use any penny that we can get because it's just more pennies to get toys for kids. Um, and that's what we like to do. That was absolutely incredible, too. Like, oh. Oh, oh. Yeah, I'm gonna get my kids to go with me again this year. They tried like two, three years ago. We tried, and they were a little too young, so they're just like one for them, one for me. No, that's not how <laughs> this works. <laughs> and they got bored after like ten minutes. So you know, my wife had to go bring them elsewhere. Well, me and like two other people, and, and so we're gonna give it a shot again, and hopefully, it goes better than that. But I, go ahead. No, it's, it it will. It like that was. That was so much fun. I had the boys, and we got done, and, and they were in the back seat of the car. We are getting ready to leave, and they look at each other, and then they look at me, and they're like, that felt so good. And I'm like, yes, you yes. get it. Yeah. Raising them right, man. Raising them right, which means my kids are going to be the selfish a-hole ones because we both can't be doing it right. <laughs> for uh, but on that note, I need to go rescue my daughter from a snoring beast. Good night, everybody. Thank, Thank you for listening to the Great Attic Podcast. A proud member in the Dicey Attic Podcast Network. Please follow your hosts at Dynasty Haha and at Dynasty FF Attic. Please subscribe, rate, and review. We will catch you next time on the Trade Attic Podcast. Poopy Pan. That is the best. <laughs> Yeah.